you, you didn't have anything pithy. You panic. You panicked. <laughs> you panicked. <laughs> you had your moment. I did. Right there. I did. He started doing a three, two, one countdown. And, 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 and you I, froze. I did. I froze. Well, I couldn't we, think of anything. Well, we're live. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come visit us one Sunday morning at 1030. If you're not local but looking for a good church, you can t- attend online. Our live stream is on Facebook.com slash Calvary 316, or you can access our YouTube channel, which is at Calvary316.live. I am joined in studio, as always, by the man that needs no introduction, uh, Pope Creighton Vaughn. How are you? I'm doing well. So, Hello, so, everyone. So we have, we have decided you're not wearing this yes. hat permanently. This is just a, a gag that we're kind of going with. And maybe you want to explain why, this, why you're wearing that hat? Yes, I'm wearing this hat because I am Italian and uh, the Pope is funny. <laughs> And you, you recently <laughs> found out. I recently found out that I'm a quarter Italian. I'm clearly not 100% Italian. My skin is the wrong color. But, yes, the joke is that I'm Italian. Um, Which Zach we just also discovered made, explains why you were you took Latin. Yes, and yes. I took Latin in high school you didn't because even know it. this was my destiny all along. Yes. Um, I, also, I sent you, hey, you got the article. What where, Which one are, what are we doing? I, you, you got the article. You got the article, right? What are we doing? We're doing what we always do. Chaos. All right. So you got the article I sent you about what, what, what the Pope that just died, the Pope oh, that resigned. Oh, the thing about they're trying to find the Pope's uh, nearest blood kin or something you like know, that. You know, because they don't have children, so they're trying to find. Right. Which means it could be any Italian that has, like, lineage <laughs> to to the. Official children. O- official right. children. Right. I wouldn't count <laughs> under the official part. So, I mean, have um, you though, checked out your 23 Me to see if you have any Pope If you're asking if a Pope Benedict the Twelfth came up on my 23 Me and I hadn't <laughs> mentioned it up until this point, no. No, he, had, he has not come up up until this point. Well, if he shows up, I will let you know. Your Pope dreads are strong. Uh, Leku. We've been over this. No. Their no. head tails like dreads. the Twi'leks have in Star Wars. No. Leku. Pope dreads, pope for sure. Dreads. So you're not wearing that permanently, but it, it, no. it is a way for us to emphasize the new email address, which I'll... I'll Pitch it to you. The new yes. email address to the show. The new email address, if you have questions, comments, concerns, um, is PopeCrayton at gmail.com. Hence the hat, I am the Pope, and you're emailing me with your questions, comments, concerns. That can be if you have questions about uh, my Italian heritage, if you have questions about Zach's hands, if you have questions that you would like us to talk my about hands, on the show. That's such a random thing um, to throw out there. Well, for I was trying new, to think of two random things so with my show. heritage like and your hands. What's it like to have two tilapia for hands? <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, man. But yes, you can email us at Pope Creighton. Um, and if you have any questions that you would like us to talk about on the show, I'm always interested in ideas because it come, takes a lot to come up with all of these and make them good. So if you have anything you'd like us to talk about, Pope Creighton at Gmail. Creighton is spelled C-R-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. And Pope is spelled normally at gmail.com. Pope Creighton. Now, I did, you don't know this, but I did some research today to find out how much it would cost to get a picture of you with that hat as a T-shirt. Like an actual picture of you and that hat. And it's like 20 bucks a T-shirt. So <laughs> worth I, it. I, I think it might be worth it. So we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. We might, we might roll out an actual for that. Outlaw Radio Pope Creighton T-shirt, um, even if it was like a silhouette of you, the glasses, black oh, and white yeah. with the hat. Um, I'd be down. We're also joined in studio. You've you've heard them chuckling up until this point. Uh, th- we got three amigos tonight. We got Mister uh, Nicholas Monty. We got Deal Daddy Derek. Deal Daddy, nice T-shirt, dude. Thanks, man. I got it from uh, GetFedToday.com. I'm getting fed every day, and you know what? Today, I have gotten fed. Explain what the podcast is. Explain what the website is. The podcast is a daily posting of throughout your week. Like, if you're not, don't really know exactly what to dive into the word. It is a podcast selected from various teachers that is given throughout the week so like on you, monday on yeah. monday you get you subscribe to the podcast on monday boom yeah monday your, you've your got phone, five postings boom. throughout the week every day like it might be an hour might be 45 minutes whatever it's just a way for you to dive into the word and that it's it's absolutely applicable if you're doing a job that you are allowed to listen to music or listen to a podcast it is a way for you to get fed every day it, it's awesome i use it daily it's great very cool we're also joined in studio by Spice Daddy, how you doing, Justin? Well, I have some apologies to make for for my lack of uh, 
I guess courage and and brain function and not <laughs> ruining uh, the opening. You really you really fell short. I, I know, and I feel I I deeply apologize to all my fans out there. Mm. Um, I'll try not to let you down next time because I, I really try to work hard to ruin Creighton's openings <laughs> to the show. You sure and, do. And today I fell short, and I I just want to apologize. There are handfuls of people that are very disappointed. By your lack of a point. There are dozens of a handful. (laughs) Fingers of people. Hey, one is enough. One is enough. One is enough. Or is it? Uh, mm. Sure. There you go. Wait, what? Huh? That's some good awkward. My imaginary friends. Some awkward dead air we've got. All right. So, um, Creighton, the way the show works is Creighton will introduce a topic or a passage of scripture or um, a Bible character, something. Uh, an idea. An idea. Uh, then it becomes my idea, my, my job to turn that idea into a Bible study. Uh, these guys are here to help me do that. Um, so Creighton introduces a topic. This is unscripted. Um, my job, along with these fellas, to turn that into something that's edifying. Uh, what's fun about the live stream aspect of the show. So this is a podcast. Uh, we are live streaming the recording of the podcast. The podcast, if Creighton will remember, drops on Thursday. Sometimes Creighton forgets to drop the podcast, as we saw this past week. But that's neither here nor there. I am human. I've been trying to hide that for years. You've tried to hide that for years. But so we're recording a podcast. We're live streaming at eight o'clock on Wednesday nights. Uh, So it's unscripted. But what's fun about the live stream is that if you're watching, whether it's on Facebook or on YouTube, uh, you can interact with us in real time. And so uh, it's a fun aspect. So we encourage your feedback, your interaction. Um, we'd love to connect with you, the audience. Uh, before we get to the topic, though, um, I kind of had something that I wanted to just unpack a little bit. Um, in fact, I, I Facebooked it out earlier that we were going to kind of use this as a lead into the show. And that is like things that were central to our lives at one point that today are like completely obsolete. And so I kind of pitched it to you guys, like, hey, put some thought into this. There's a, a point to this. There's a re- Derek took this in a totally different way. Dude, I did. So too. did Nick. You so both did. did. Yeah. I was on that page, too. So how did you guys take that? Dude, so, I, yeah, no, go ahead. Hold on, wait. Ahead. You should introduce the topic before you ask no, me no, how no, to I'll take g- it. I'll no. get there. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say can the topic. The, and can I read the text that you Okay, sent? read the text. Okay. Pull it up. So, read the text. Let me pull it up Which I think I just quick. did say what the topic was. Like so things it, that were central that no longer are. You did. Yeah, so yeah. he, he oh, just sure kind of like led it up to be like something that we kind of need to focus on the uh, the beginning. Like things that were central to our lives years ago that are no longer are. And what we should learn from this. So internally, I took it as like things that the Lord was doing in our lives <laughs> that like now as in a, like just in the different point that I am in life that isn't central to my life. So I took it completely internally, like how the Lord is making me a husband, like what he's teaching me through that, like the things that I need to focus on, like through my career, through my job. You took and this it, really like, deep. Bro, yeah. I, I absolutely so did you took Nick it immediately. Deep. Yeah. What were you thinking, Nick? Along the same lines, it was like, okay, years ago, and I was like, I had to go through it. And I was like, Okay, well, back then, all I cared about was having fun. I didn't care about anything else as long as I was having fun. But now I'm like, I'm going to have to be responsible for a family. Like, I got <laughs> yeah. saved, like, fo- yeah. like, following Jesus, like, relationship and stuff like this. And it's like, so I was trying to go, and, but now I got told. Spice Daddy, how, yeah. how did you take this? Uh, <laughs> you didn't even pay attention to the text. No, did no I did. I did. I was at work, I, but I was thinking about it a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I would... Uh, you didn't really quantify how far back. So I was thinking pre-COVID, post-COVID. Because my life has BC, been... BC. Yeah. My life has been AC. pretty much flux since since twenty January of 2020. Um, really, December of 2020. Because um, you were like, in Asia. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I was trying to figure out, does he want me to go really far back? Because then it gets kind of spiritual. But for me, is it like... From what I got out of it is is like I was th- I immediately thought what did I do pre COVID that I don't do now kind yeah, of thing. I so. took it as it's not what was spiritual then it's full spiritual now. What is the Lord doing in my life? What was He doing then? Like what are the things I wasn't that, thinking like, about that. At what all. is the Lord doing in my <laughs> life now? Yeah, no, like so I, I just said, got so crazy. Apparently, I have I poorly phrased 
where I was going because because you came you got here early and you were like hey I mean I've been thinking about this all day and like yeah man this is kind of heavy I and I was like whoa 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 like this was not at all you were like no I mean like did you send text messages back then like did you use a digital phone of like oh you dummy like yeah absolutely I did not and I was just think thinking I used to travel a lot and now I'm stuck. Well, my like not I told you, Derek, I was like, well, well, maybe God was trying to say something totally different no, to you. And like you didn't even know the Lord had been speaking to me through this past week, this past couple weeks. And I was like, this is just the Lord confirming what he's doing in my life because of what you're saying to me of all the things he's trying to work up in me and work on. So for me, it was way big, way more of an impact that I was ready to share. And then so when you were you're like, like, I don't know, no, if I can, man, if I can like, say were you on focused air? on like table etiquette back then? and not now. I was like, you, sure. (laughs) Well, let me give, let me give the audience an example, an example of what I'm referring to. Cause Creighton, you got a really good one. Um, I'm very passionate about, you have one that you're very passionate and I don't want to steal. It's such a good one. I could steal it and kind of make it my own, but I'm not going to do it. So let me throw out an example. And then, and then there's a point to this. I, there is a spiritual direction. (laughs) There's an idea. uh, I just want to totally different than anything you guys have been thinking about. Yeah. Um, so like, for example, and we have, um, he will remain nameless. He's, we, we do have a guest in studio who is closer to my age, uh, than, than anybody else. So, so, so you, you'll, this will resonate with you. This you're way old, way older. Um, that's right. You're, you're ancient. Um, so you guys, I already know Justin, maybe you, but I know, I know you three guys, that there's, there's no chance that, that, that you're going to understand this. But so when I was in high school and I got my first bank, bank account, right? So I, I got a job. I was making some money. My dad took me. We opened a bank account at First Union. So I got, I got a checkbook. You know, there was not an ATM card. I think that came a little bit later. Um, you know, I would go and deposit money and then it was cash or I'd write a check. But along with the checkbook would come this transaction ledger, right? And so my dad taught me as a high schooler that like, hey, you have to know how much money you have before you write a check because you don't want to bounce a check, spend more money than you have. But the only way that you can really know how much money you have is to document it down in this little transaction ledger, you know, so you can keep a running total. So you know how much money you have. And so first... Craig, I know you've never written a check in your okay. life. So I just want to put it out there. <laughs> you've I never have, written a check. I have never written a check, but I am very familiar with what you're talking about because Nick's wife still does that. Doesn't she? Yeah, I mean, if we write checks. They, she, she used Ledger for as long as I can remember. Yeah, so... She's the only person I've ever seen to use one. So you, you, don't, you don't even write a check. Never written a check in my entire life. Right, so, so first, checks were kind of an essential thing. That nobody, nobody writes a check anymore. Um, and, and you even see this in the way that like church giving manifests. Oh, yeah. Like, people will use, the closest you get to a check is bill pay. Now, there's a few old schoolers, you know, few at this point, that drop a check in the offering box. Um, but, you know, nobody, you know, carries a checkbook around. Nobody writes a check. Um, in fact, it's actually kind of, like, it's got your bank account information on it, like your your address. Like it's, it was like, why would you carry It's that? not really a safe thing to be carrying around. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, at this point, there are lots of retail places that don't take them. <laughs> That's true. Well, That's true. I, you wrote me a check. You wrote me a so check a few weeks at, ago. At my job, when I went on direct deposit, they needed a voided check. Yeah. I yeah. was like, yeah. what would happen if they were younger than me? Yeah. Like, I, I just happen to have some old checks <laughs> lying around that I hadn't used in years because nobody uses checks anymore. But, like, nobody asks for voided checks anymore for direct deposit. You just put the information in. But you got to realize, like, 15 years ago, this was this was the way that you did it. There wasn't another way to do it. If I, I get behind like 25 someone. 25 years ago. If I get no, behind, I'd say 15. If I get behind someone in line that wants to write a check, like at Home Depot, I go oh there my a goodness. lot. I go to another line. I'll have a <laughs> cart full of lumber that's like, I'm going to self-checkout. Because like, I know it's going to take 15, 20 minutes for that person to check out. And I was like, no, I'm not dealing with that. It's like, <laughs> dude, you might as well have brought gold bullion. We got to weigh them with scales yeah. to have enough. So it's like, so as an example of what, like something that was central to our lives, this is where I was going, something that's central to our lives at one point that is completely obsolete. Again, checkbook, ledger, um, again, completely 
just non-existent. Dude, now, I'm not that much older than my wife, but when she just like takes her phone and puts it over the thing and it boop, and just does that, I'm like, holy crap. I know magic. <laughs> it's like magic. It's like, yeah, it's not even swiping my card or putting my card in. She just takes her phone. Boop. It's and barely it money like, anymore. Oh, that's funny. No, because yeah. no, we went. So I've never, I've never done that. Like the Apple Pay. No? I, I have never great. done it. So Nick and I went to pick up some, some chicken wings a couple weekends ago. And so we pulled into the, the parking lot. Publix was next door. And uh, Carrie, Nick's, Nick's wife, was like, hey, can you pick up a dessert? And Nick was like, we're getting out of the truck. And I, I was like, oh, I'll grab the wings. I'll, I'll pick you up. And he's like, oh, man, I left my wallet. Um, I was like, oh, hey, no big deal. Here's my credit card. You can use it. He goes, oh, no, no, I got my phone. I was like, no, seriously, take my credit card just in case that doesn't work. Nick was like, no, it'll work. I made him take yeah. my credit card. I was like, it's magic. I haven't taken, it's magic I haven't taken, sorcery. It's I don't I taken my it. card out of my wallet today at all. Wow, that's I've crazy. only used my phone today. Yeah, yeah. That's Jeez. weird. Even so, the dude, one I had, I was at the gas station one time, and he was like, oh, your card might have the tap. And I was like, I don't know, man, it may. And I tried to swipe it, and it didn't work. But then I held it there, and it was like, boop. And I was like, it does. It does. <laughs> Technology right. I have, I didn't yeah. realize. Now, Creighton, you've got a good one. You've okay, good so one. I feel very strongly about mine. Mine is phone etiquette because I grew up with a home phone. Mm-hmm. And when I was like nine or 10, I think my parents first got their cell phones. You needed to find a home had, phone. Oh, right. A home phone is a <laughs> like a landline that is in it's, your house and does not leave. And it's like connected like, to the wall. It's Do you really think we got Zoomers listening like, to us dude, right no, now? There we are might. some people, I saw a message. Zoomers? There was a video. On, they were like, it would be crazy if there was like one phone to go for, for everybody in the yeah. household. But do you and think we have somebody, Zoomers listening to us that you have to explain? Maybe, the but the Lord can use maybe, us Maybe, man. And for the record, we're going to get, we're moving past the actual home phone because that's not important. Which is phone, an example <laughs> of something that's obsolete. Right. Yeah. That It was a thing. We all use the same phone. And so when I answered the phone, it could be for me or my older brother or my parents. And so it was very important that I answer the phone. Thank you for calling. This is the Vaughn residence. How may I help you? Or something like that. Mm. Yes. Where you, you said, hello. This is the Adams residence. You were this cordial. Yeah. And you tell the person who called who they're talking to. Amen. Right. I still do that to this day. I've worked in customer service, both on the phone and off phone my whole adult life. And I've, adapted that to whatever job I'm working at. Hey, so when I was working, it was, hello, thank you for calling auto parts. This is Creighton. How may I assist you? Because that's what you do. I cannot stand it. It bothers me to the core. When I get on the phone, whether I'm calling or receiving the call and I get, what's up, what's up, what's up, man, or hey. just, Hey, yeah, I need to talk to so-and-so or the worst is just so-and-so like, have you ever had that? Nick, Somebody, Nick's the worst. Does Nick, Nick is do the that? worst. You see, I don't talk to Nick on the phone. No, call Nick. He's terrible. He's the worst. <laughs> look hey, at him. Hey, look at him. Look at this guilty face. Hey, if I call, if I call Nick, this is this is what happens. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, no, exactly. no, it's not what's up. Hello. See, yeah. I don't, Hello. I don't mind the greeting. Hello. The yeah. kids nowadays cool. don't know how to end the conversation. That's true. They oh. will call our store they just hang and they're just being, no, they're being awkward silence. And I don't know if the conversation's <laughs> over or not. And then they just hang up on me. Yes. That's, and I, I'm sitting there like, no can closure. you at least say, okay, thank you, and then buy or something? Let me know the conversation's yes, over. absolutely. Dude, that falls in the same thing. It's phone <laughs> etiquette. It's gone the way of the dodo, and it bothers me to no end. You should, whenever you get on the phone, unless you're very familiar with the person. Like, I don't, like, Nick no, no, is a no, kind no, of a quick. different one. Let me, I let me kind add, of get why Nick detail. answers that Let me that add way. a detail, Creighton, because... I'm getting all worked up. I'm sweating. I know. <laughs> I, but let me add a detail, because the reason that it was so important to do that at home... Was because when the phone rang, it was a mystery. It could be anybody. It yes. could be anyone in the world on the other end of that call. Which is why you had to treat it with the utmost respect and reverence. Bro, when you had caller ID, you call sit ID there and let it. it ring for two minutes until the name popped up. And then right, you right. And then you were, or do you remember where you did like the Star 91 to find out the return? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Who yeah. called yeah. up? Star yeah. 69. Star 69, Star 69 whatever it was. 67, no. something like that. There no one needs it anymore. Call them back. Oh, copy. So, Craig, you're right. Phone etiquette. Phone oh, etiquette is gone. the way of the dodo. And it's a lost art. And it's a shame. It's, it's a shame. A crying shame. And that's basic communication. Exactly. It's not even like it's a big deal. It's just how to talk to another human being trying to get something done. But at what point At what point will we... And, and here's, here's kind of the interesting thought experiment. At what point will 
will people look back and be like, hey, you remember when we, when like you just, you, you talked on the phone to someone? Yeah. It's because you're not allowed to offend anybody anymore. Well, it'll be video or it'll all be text. It'll, yeah, there yeah. won't be, like, or, I'll tell you. No, you'll have your Oculus on and then you'll just FaceTime them and then you'll ping in with your avatar and be like, yo, what's up, man? And at they'll be some at your point, fake AutoZone store and they'll order the part. Listen, you'll really be in the zone then. Yeah, Listen, I'm really telling you, there, there, there's going to be a day where there's a future Outlaw Radio episode of like other people talking. It'll be Ready Player One. And, and they'll be like, hey, remember when like in order to get in touch with someone, you had to enter numbers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where you actually had to enter, like, there was an area code. You had to know I, their number and to then, get in touch with well, them. Well, you don't even need to know numbers now. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm lucky to remember my wife's number. That's the only one I know. Oh, that's terrible. And I remember my house, <laughs> my, my childhood home number. I still got that one in my head, That's, too. like, the only thing I remember. <laughs> any other examples? You guys have any other examples? No, no we just got a great idea. We're going to do an episode that's completely virtual in in the VR. Oh my gosh. Headspace. You guys are like a full morons. episode. Like, yeah, we're here, but we're in VR <laughs> doing it. You either that's move into the future or you get left behind. Okay? Absolutely. You we're know what we'll underwater. do is we'll put you two in VR headsets and we'll have a normal conversation. at the house. Well, yeah, we'll do it. I got so, one. So, okay, you got one next. I got one. All right. Actually, go into the store to buy everything you need. Instead of shopping on Amazon yeah. for everything yeah. you need, I tried to avoid the store at all costs. I know, like I mean, nowadays everyone is. I mean, I'll buy everything on Amazon if I yeah. can. If it's cheaper and easier, like if Amazon has Amazon Fresh now, and I know a lot of people even get their groceries now from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's true. I just, I just yeah, do that because I hate talking to people. <laughs> thanks yeah. for t- thanks for transitioning <laughs> there. No, we do all our grocery orders. We order everything, pull up, wow, they pop it in the truck. Hey, this was submitted. I'm like, hey, don't do that ever again. They'd be like, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> and any, then I just drive off. <laughs> any <laughs> other it. any other examples? Because I'm gonna, I'm going to transition us real quick. Any, anybody? Any, anything else? All right. So I was watching. This is what kind of brought this to my mind. Something that I was thinking about. Um, I saw, you know, so, so there's some really cool companies, um, and it's really cutting edge technology where they're able to take very old, old video and they're able to restore it. And then they can colorize it. Just like, you can see some very cool, like really old film of baseball games, you know, things like that. Like even, even before that, like very early, early Mm. video and they're restoring this stuff. Uh, digitalizing it, colorizing it, et cetera. Well, I saw a video, and, and this was like actually the point of the, the video, was it was just like um, it was a screen view of um, of just people walking. It was just like normal daily life in New York City in the 30s. Justin, you're looking at something. What are you looking at? You're, oh. Is it more VR stuff? It's Oh, he's just being a distraction. Don't worry about it. <laughs> he's just being a distraction. <laughs> No, so it's like it was just time lapse video of people living their lives on uh, one of the New York sh- streets, and 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 you watched it, and there were two things that like really jumped out, and this was just normal life, just normal people walking. There was it was they weren't filming anything specific, it was just kind of a time lapse deal, and it was only like twenty seconds. But the two things that jumped out immediately was one how skinny everyone was. Oh yeah. Like how you go back, you go back and and we want to say like, we're really healthy. Oh man, we've gotten rid of cigarettes and uh, you know, you know, we're all like people are fat. Like smoke cigarettes all day. Sucralose is the killer. Listen, but you just, you just watch, you just watch like people were my, my great grandparents lived into, to their hundreds. Um, My grandparents have all lived into their nineties and they didn't eat any of this they didn't eat fast food junk, but they ate margarine and fats and oils and like all the things on the food pyramid that say are like, you know, you shouldn't eat. Like they pounded it and, and, but they worked, they, they, they lived, they, again, you just, that was the first thing you, you took away. It was like, wow, everybody's like, you don't see any fat people. Um, even then I saw there was video of like California 
And and they did like a side by side of like today, the beach and like Long Beach, and then like in the sixties. And again, he's like, Oh my goodness, everyone's fat today. And there was not a single fat person on the beach, you know, 70 years ago. Um, And it was like stark. The other thing, and I know that's kind of anecdotal. The other thing, and this is where I'm going to end up going, is everyone was well-dressed. Like every single person on the street, um, slacks, button-down shirts, coats, top hats, women were in dresses. Like everyone was was put together. And, and like, I remember like in the fifties, sixties, like, you know, people would mow their lawn in slacks. Like you went outside, like the only place that you were, what we would call like in comfy clothes or casual was at home. Mm-hmm. If you left or you had company come over, like there was a certain just cultural decorum about, about the way that you presented yourself. And, and it's, it was just such a stark thing to see and again, we want to claim to be so progressive, but it's like these people cared about their health. They cared about the way that they looked. Um, there was um, an attention to that. There was a measure of self-respect, societal respect. I don't exactly know how to pin it or how to describe it. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, absolutely. You had a measure of self-decency. That you held yourself to. You had a standard that you held yourself to, like within your work or how you presented yourself outside of your work. Like you had that standard. And now it's like the standard is skewed because there's no standard. Yeah, there is no no standard standard because it can be anything. The person that you're talking to is the person, not what they're wearing. That's what society will tell you. It doesn't really matter. But at the same time, society does care about what you're... Because, like, bro, is that, like, a big baggy Louis Vuitton shirt? Dang, that's fire. But you look (laughs) like you're garbage. So, Nick, you're going to jump in? I was just going to say, I was... I was The only thought that popped in my head is, like... I'm going to take this in an angle you guys are not expecting, by the way. My... I got a question for you. When did it start to change? Like, my question is, like, when did mm. that start? Like, was that the 70s hippie movement that maybe started to change? Like, I'm not I'm not sure because I'm not that old. You know? I don't know. Like, he's he's not on camera. He's and not. He's not Mike, but, he's that but he old. is that old. <laughs> um, audience member. Seven, 1930s. Uh, was this in the, was in the 40s or 50s that this began to transition? Um, I used to have to get dressed up to fly. You had to get dressed up to fly. Okay. My dad would be like, we're going to the airport. And that was late sixties. Mm. No, that was in the eighties, nineties. <laughs> so, okay, so, so yeah, even, so but even for still, me, though. even for me, like there was, there was an aspect to flying even nowadays, like, you know, there's something about getting, being put together and feeling put together when like you're going out and about, I don't know. Let me, mm. let me make the, let Go me make ahead. this weird right hand turn for a minute. And no one is going to expect where I'm about to go with this. So I've been thinking about all this, thinking about the, the attire deal. Let's talk about church <laughs> and the clothes we wear at church. Come as you are movement. Okay. So, but, but, but real quick. So, so I, I grew up in Calvary Chapel in the Deep South. And one of the things that made Calvary Chapel very revolutionary, I would say, um, in, in, in its broad sense was how laid back it was um, when it came to how you came to church. And that was one of the things, if you watch the Jesus Revolution movie, like even the early people were like upset about the hippies coming in because they weren't wearing shoes. They were dirty. They hadn't bathed. And there's the scene where one of the elders is like, we just got this new shag carpet put in. And Pastor Chuck that next Sunday is washing feet. Like he's outside of the church watching hippies feet. So that they can come in Spoiler as an act of service. Alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's been right. like three weeks oh, wow. now. Yeah. So, so, that was also- so there was like within Calvary Chapel, it was a, hey, come as you are. And in the South, it was really revolutionary because it was traditionalism. It was, you, you wore your Sunday best. Uh, it was, it was black tie. It was a coat. You don't get in unless you're in a blazer. It was, it was, you dress, you dress the part and, and the logic was, well, you got to give God your best and you got to demonstrate your best for the Lord. 
and uh, and God deserves it, and, and we're going to bring God our best. And I heard my grandfather say this, you know. <clears throat> we wear our Sunday, Sunday best, is what it was called. But it was about respecting God, and you wanted to show up in, in, a, in a measure of respect to the Lord, um, and, you know, and then, and then the counteracted, like the, the revolutionary component was like, well, God is not a respecter of persons. And God doesn't see the outside of a person. From God's perspective, it doesn't matter what you wear. It matters that you're here. And that was the justification for this entire like cultural shift within church. Calvary Chapel was at the lead of that. The only time we dressed up at church was on Easter and Christmas. You know, that was the only time we would dress up to go to church. Um, and even now, like at Calvary 316, like they're like, it is a very casual come as you are. And that is just about universally accepted now. Um, that is kind of the mode, the, the, the way it operates. And the church has kind of reflected a cultural movement in that sense. Um, and, and you could probably all tie it back to the hippies um, within the church, within culture. And it's just kind of progressed. Um, I could tie that into the seeker friendly movement because it's like, well, we, we want people to come as they are. We don't want to feel like that there's any kind of wall or barrier for them coming be comfortable. Um, and, and, and listen, and, and I'm not going to reach some grand point or get on some soapbox here. That's not my intention. I, I'm the guy that wears jeans um, and, and black t-shirts most Sundays because black is slimming. Um, you know, I'm that guy. I, I'm, I don't dress up for church. I've never in my entire life dressed up for shirt for church. Um, the, I do have a few standards for myself. I don't wear flip flops um, and I don't wear shorts um, when I'm preaching. And the only reason I don't do that, the only reason, there's not, I don't care if you do or don't. It's just, I, I do pastor in the South and, and there, um, there are still, like, I don't want what I'm wearing to be a barrier for someone listening to what I have to say. And so, um, again, I'm not, I'm not wearing a polo. I'm not wearing a blazer. Like I said, most of the time it's black t-shirts and blue jeans and, um, you know, and sneakers. Um, so, so again, keep that in mind. That being said, why I completely agree with the idea of like, hey, if this is about earning points with God, I need to show God my best. Well, that's a reason to rebel against it. Is that the reason that maybe we should dress up for church? Is there another way of thinking about it that isn't rooted in that, that justification? And I think we can maybe even look at that culturally. Um, what about the respecting of the uniqueness of the day. What about like, Hey, I, I'm going to this place. I'm doing something holy. This is special. This is not normal. This is not a normal. It's not, it's not like I'm going to Applebee's. It's not like I'm going to the movie theater. I'm not going to be entertained. Like I'm going to meet with God. I know he didn't care what I look like, but from a psychological standpoint, shouldn't I respect where I'm going? Shouldn't there be some measure of decorum within my own heart, within myself about like, you know, does God care if I wear what I wear to the gym to church? No, he doesn't. Should I care? Because is it the same place? Now, now in our culture, we don't give consideration anything anymore. Like we've removed decorum, whether it's on the phone or whether it's this, or whether it's that, whether it's table, like just generally we've removed decorum. We've removed decorum from about every component of society. Used to be that you had to dress up at church to go to work. Why? Well, because you're at work. And that's different than being at the ball field or going to see a game. Like you're at work. And okay, we'll give you a casual Friday. Why is it casual Friday? Because we actually kind of lay back on Friday. And so our decorum is going to reflect the seriousness of the day. We're kind of, we're going to check out a little early. It's Friday. Like we'll allow it to be casual because guess what? The atmosphere on Friday is different than it is Monday through Thursday. Like that's why we have a casual Friday. Um, so I got something to add. So you're, uh, you're talking about, I, I'm not making any points by the way. Ahead. I'm just kind of like having a fun conversation. Or something you're I'm talk, about. So you're talking about like, shouldn't our dress kind of, talk about our seriousness and where we're going and stuff or, you know, however you want to put it. I would, when you said that, when like, Hey, this is a persona from, Hey, I'm going to church and stuff like that. I was like, we do that for like our first dates. Like 
who who goes on a first date and dresses in gym Dude, shorts? I'm and, 16 years into marriage and I dress up for dates. I know, and I, that's mm-hmm. what but I was going yeah. to say. Yeah. Like when you go out to a, a nice restaurant when you're married, you dress up. You look nice for each other. Like you, there's a there's a seriousness about that too. So like, I mean, I was just bringing more points. Oh, for sure. That, like if you can do it, why do you do it for that and not do it for church? Well, <coughs> or you know. So here's an example going off of our buddy's point about dressing up as a kid to go fly. Well, why, why did you do that? I, I, I know you're off camera, but what was the logic? I, I can explain it, but the logic. It was just something you didn't do every day. Exactly. It was yeah. unique. It was unique. So isn't that a cultural thing, though? Well, Not necessarily like... Well, okay. But every culture is different is what I'm saying. That's an American culture thing. That's true. It might be a British culture thing, and it might be a, a cultural a time oh, culture. It could thing. be a Western thing. Yeah. Right. And, and so I, I think to say one thing, because in the Bible says, if you're in the presence of God, cover your head kind of thing. And we're, we're here in the South, they say, take off your hat when you're praying kind of thing. Like which one is correct. Mm-hmm. And, and when you start mm-hmm. asking all these questions, throwing out all this stuff, you, you have to take that in account too. Well, I will say, I will say theologically you, you're free. Like, right. like we're walking by grace. Like I'm not making, I'm not, I'm not at, like it. You're not prescribing clothing. Yeah. Well, and I'm not saying like, listen, if you're like, well, I don't want to wear a dress. I'm not going to church, but I'll go to church. If I can wear comfy pants, go to church and wear comfy, comfy pants. pants. Like if that's, if that's the debate here in your own heart, your own mind, then just go to church. Like it doesn't. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish anything. But going back to flying, as as a kid, what what's changed? What's changed? The reason why there's not this compulsion to get dressed up to go fly is because the experience of flying is different than it was then. Mm. Back in the day, when you when you got on an airplane, it was special. It was unique. You did it only a handful of times in your life. And when you went, there was pomp and circumstance. There was a red carpet that led you up the stairs to get into the plane. And you had the stewardess and you get little wings that you could put and you could meet the captain. And there was like a full course meal that was delivered. I mean, it was the the actual experience of flying warranted the decorum. The reason that you don't have the decorum now is the experience. It's cattle herding. I mean, it's like, it's like horrible. It's it's, terrible. there, there is nothing special. Um, in fact, you want sweatpants and a hoodie because you're going to be uncomfortable anyway because you're packed in like a sardine. It's less things that you have to go through TSA in so you can just pop your shoes right. off, throw yeah. them in the back, and then move I'm through. I'm wearing you Crocs. I'm wearing my yeah. slip-ons. Yeah. Because i got to take my shoes off 12 Yeah, times. I'm wearing my joggers because they don't have that many pockets to keep things in. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, so but, but here's the thing. So we can explain why there's been this shift in perspective when it comes to like flying or or other things. Uh, there's not decorum when it comes to work for a lot of different reasons. Um, mainly, people don't go into the office as much. Like, it's it's not... Now, there are certain instances where you do have to have decorum. I, I have a friend um, that uh, that works from home in the banking industry. And, uh, and I, I FaceTimed this person the other day about something church-related. And I noticed, kind of uniquely, they were very dressed up. Um, makeup on hair done and I was like actually kind of taken back because this is a rare thing and and I was like what's with the what's with okay it's your wife it's your wife Nick it's your wife yes, oh I thought it, it was Darren. yeah we all no, knew that no, we all debating who this is yeah no so my makeup Carrie. was not that good so that Carrie day. was all was all dressed up and I was like hey what's you know what's did someone Who's die you go to a funeral what's you know what's going on and she's like no I actually have an important an important meeting, an important zoom meeting. But it was like, that was interesting to me because it was like, no one, no one told her she had to do anything, No, but there was, but there was an acknowledgement that like, this is something different. This is unique. This is, this demands, uh, some decorum. Um, my, my only point, and, and we've taken quite a bit of time for this. I had a big question today. Well, my only point, and we can get to it. We can get to it. But my only point is like, Church, you know, if, if, if you're dressing up to try to earn points with God, don't. Like, that's not, that's not, don't. But if there is an aspect to it where it's like, you know what? I need to make sure my own heart 
that I that that I'm approaching this with not just this kind of casual or cavalier attitude, but that like, like I'm going to 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 connect and approach the living God. Like, shouldn't there be some measure of decorum? Now, I'm not talking about wearing hats or not wearing hats. Wear a nice hat. Like, I don't care. But or don't at all. Like, there's no judgment here. I'm just we've lost something in our society. Yeah. And I think something that we've lost, we also see kind of reflected in church. And it's so easy to be like, well, look at those people dressed up in suits uh, going to church. But but maybe there is something that we just, we jump the shark, so to speak. And we didn't actually think more broadly about our own heart. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just taking into account what you're doing and just not going through the motions of doing something, acknowledging what you're actually doing and what the weight of that actually is. Completely agree. I um, So I have some disagreements with what you said and some agreements, and I'm trying to parse them because um, some of them I think are built. Hold on. I have to actually take that headphone off. It's hard when it's unscripted. You didn't know where um, we were going, right? So it's hard, it's hard to, to, to parse it because part of me is saying, yeah, but like the clothing doesn't matter, which you're obviously saying. Like, I'm not saying that you are not saying that, but that is still my brain is hitting that wall and not getting to what I actually want to talk about. I would like to point out that it does make sense that as we've lost the decorum that, that accompanied our attire, we have lost some of the decorum in terms of the way that we actually look at Sundays. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that the, I think those no. trajectories follow each other very quick, very, very closely. Used to be, you, you would never have youth sporting events on a Sunday ever, right? And you wouldn't on Wednesday. Yep. Right. Yeah, those were two times, yeah. and this wasn't long ago. Yeah. It's totally yeah. sacred. Mm-hmm. Today, yeah, not at all. Yep. I think those. I mean, it makes sense. It's interesting. Those it's two interesting. things those follow each other, and it makes sense that the more you devalue the actual act of going church, even if it is in small increments, because it was, it, it was, and it always is. That's how devaluing works in that you devalue it a little bit as you go. You wear less nice shoes, wear less nice pants over and over and over again until, you know, we have teenagers showing up in Crocs and sleep oh, dude. pants, which oh my drives goodness. me Coffee wild. House Sunday. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I just, this, again, along this line, you can, you can track, you can track the same thing with church architecture. Oh, yeah. Like, you go back to, like, okay, you go way back, and, I mean, the churches that were built are cathedrals mm-hmm. with massive stained glass windows. Big pulpits. They're, they're, they're works of art. The actual building is a work of art that took hundreds of years to even build in some instances and display art. And as a result, it was like, I'm, I'm walk, and it was, it was designed to reflect something. You want to honor being there. Like yes. it's an event that you're even going there to do that. And then even in American culture, like the church in town um, was had a unique identifier. It was made to be different because it had the steeple that could be seen from anywhere. If you go back to colonial days and, and, and you know, you could find the church easily, and that's the whole intention of the steeple. I mean, it rose above everything else. Um, but even then the, the there was there was some there was a decorum about even the facility. Um, from the pews to the, the architecture of the building uh, to, to, to the way that it was, there was a, a decorum to the facility, a tradition to the facility. But over the last 20 years, we've seen that all but completely go away, even in the new buildings that are built. Th- th- there's very little difference between the church buildings that are built and the IKEA. In fact, some of them are using IKEAs. Right. <laughs> but is that is that disparaging? Or, or a Starbucks. Is and that, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Well, what I'm asking is, is that disparaging on Western culture views of, of, of Christianity in the church? Or is that an overall generation, generational thing? Because, you know... When, I, when I've been to other countries, it, it's been in a shack or in the middle of a building where the police can't find you kind right, of thing. Right, Like, w- and I think that what, would what are you more compl- early What are you stuff. complaining about? Are you complaining about the church in the West or are you complaining about church culture in general? No, I'm, I'm, that's two I'm different things. Mainly speaking about the West. And maybe um, even and, just the South. And, and, mm. and we see that, I mean, I, I, I think... Just too comfortable. We can speak, we can even speak just broadly culturally. Um... The buildings that were built, like Penn Station, was a work of art. Like you go back to the buildings that were built uh, post revolution, uh, post Civil War era, um, up through the twenties, thirties, forties. 
uh, maybe even early fifties, like the empire state buildings of the, like they were built with, um, with style, with flair. But then you get to the seventies and the architecture flipped to a very Soviet block style. There was nothing unique, nothing pretty. Like we, like Western culture, we have seen we the modern architecture's garbage. Like it looks and the RT, terrible, and the RD architecture is awful looking as well. Like, like culturally, architecture as art looks terrible. I don't and, know if you guys have looked at any of those houses, but they're and listen. By the way, to make <laughs> to make a point, because it'd be easy. It's it's easy to say, well, well, the building doesn't matter when it comes to the church, and and in that sense, you're right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But you can't say it doesn't matter at all. And my point being is that like if you go back to Leviticus, you know, God calling out a people, God instituting a people, God developing a nation. God was so specific about how they were to be organized, how, how the culture was supposed to be structured, how it was supposed to operate. And he was very specific on how the tabernacle was to be built, was to be designed. I mean, God gave a blueprint because it modeled heaven. Like God cares about spaces, how we interact with spaces, how we engage in spaces now, yes, within the New Covenant model, we don't come to a space to encounter God. We are the temples of the living God. And that's, that's, all, that's all true. But, but it's still the same God. That's God of the New Testament, same God of the Old Testament. And you look at, at, at Revelation, you look at the New Jerusalem, like there is beauty. You know, the, 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 I just think we've lost some of that. And, and yes, you see something in Western American culture, Western culture in general, um, you've seen this, this trend. You know, whether it be the architecture how, and then the, the, the dress, the attire, the way that people interact, all of that. But you see the same thing happening also within the church. Yeah. Are there components of that that are warranted and justified in both? Sure. My only point in the conversation, not to make any point at all, is that I had always just rejected out of hand the idea that maybe you should dress up a little bit for church because God is not a respecter of persons. I've always looked at it from how God views me as opposed to what I'm wearing reflecting how I should view the situation. It's kind of like a lack of reverence. Yes and no, I don't want to get that hard. And I think Nick makes a great point about a date night. Hey, my wife and I, like there are times, it it depends on where we're going or what we're doing or the scenario. Um, It's funny, at Calvary 360, nobody dresses up except for Easter and that's coming up. And it's funny, all the yeah, ladies wear yeah. big hats and everybody like seersucker pants and like, like everybody kind of, it's funny, the church that like is about as casual as you can get kind of goes all out when it comes to um, half the church looks like they're extras and peaky blinders, you know? Yep. Um, you know, we just get this really funny, more suspenders on, on Easter Sunday than ever on any other Sunday. Yep. I just, it's a thing, but I just, I don't know, in my own mind, well, I'm thinking, like an Easter egg. you know, should we... You know, music. I think that that's something that it's fun at Calvary Three Sixteen. The way that our music reflects also something old, like in a move where so many churches abandon tr- a traditional sounding music, right? For a modern contemporary. Let's take the hymns. Okay, well, let's do a hymn so we connect to the past. But let's do this hymn in a modern twist. You know, so we can have the hymn, but we're going to do it in a modern twist. As opposed to like, well, why not just do the hymn the way the hymn was written? Like, what's wrong with that? Like, isn't there something that should connect us back to things and whatnot? So, Creighton, we got 10 minutes. Yeah. Talk about what? Uh, I was going to do Calvinism and Armenianism. Oh, great. That's not even a joke. That was the plan, was to do Calvinism and Armenianism. There's no way we're doing that. And you took 15 minutes with clothing. No, we're not doing that. So I would like you to spend the next 10 minutes defining Calvinism and Armenianism. Oh, man, we're not going to do that. And then we're going to pick it up next week. We're not doing that. That was my. I've been trying to think, while also answer your questions, of something else I could do with this time. No, that's fine. And I got something. Well, I got, I I got, don't so, have I got a thing. question that goes no, along. I have with something what? that we can do in a minute, but, right. but let's let's finish the. Con- okay, we've committed to this. We're not going to get to Calvinism and Arminianism. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank God we're not getting to that. It was predestined for us not to. <laughs> yeah. uh, was it? Oh man, yeah. the, uh, was it? Was it? Was it? Justin, you were gonna you were gonna 
I guess, I guess coming from a standpoint of uh, where I can see this being, because I, I, I guess having been a traveler, like being involved in a few different cultural references. Of yes, what, for sure. Cult, I guess cultural. You're bragging aspects. about your world traveling again. I'm trying I get to paraphrase it. We this, this question. In a, in a, Is this like, when you're in Egypt God, or Israel God, or China? No, Mongolia. I think, I think God, he created you. And he created you to be in your culture and your family. And so I, I think whatever culture you're in kind of needs to reflect that culture in, in reverence to God. You know, you know what I mean? So if your culture, if your high, highest reverence to God is wearing your best best clothes, then, then do it. But at the same time, I don't think that needs to define you because a lot of people, like, that's all they focus on. And it becomes a con a contest of who can wear the best mm. suit or the best hat or whatever yeah. you know, and, and I I think the it takes away from the focus of God, <laughs> who should right. be the focus during during Sunday worship. Whereas you know back in the the, the New Testament days they <laughs> they would get slaughtered if they dressed differently mm. on Sunday going there or or just you know few years ago if i you know meeting if i dressed in full suit every every sunday and started going to certain places the police would have watched me and 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 known something was up kind of thing you, you like the focus i totally get on, what you're saying yeah, yeah the, the, and and i guess where does that fit in with with it i i the intention of of the observation um was more of to spark a conversation really so I would say that where that fits in is um, that we're looking. So for Americans, I'm mostly on board with Zach saying, like, we don't have any of the constraints of the early church or the persecuted church. Um, and like, I kind like I, I think more about the way I dress on Sunday than I do any other day. But that doesn't actually mean that I dress well because I don't. I don't. But just so like I would say, like. When I was growing up at Stone Mountain at Zach's dad's church, we had a, a family of um, like first generation Nigerians who came and they came in daishikis every Sunday. Like mm. they, they were in daishikis every Sunday. It was awesome. Fire. Um, but like that was their that was their dressing up for church. And they looked very different from us. But I think that it really at the end of the day comes down to a heart issue. Right. And so yeah. it really comes down to what is the best that that you want to bring? As right. opposed to, well, what is great. the best that you have to bring? Uh, I, I guess or, that's what I'm. No, let me I jump in. Let me jump at. in real quick because so. I think I think that that, like, you help clarify something. So, and, and this ties exactly with what you're saying, Justin. So that family that you mentioned, mm -hmm. um, so they came to church and they were reflecting their culture, right? Which was unique because we're in America and they're reflecting actually Nigerian culture. And it was a very white church. And, and it's a total. It was a totally different thing. Um, which was fine. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. In fact, they, they gave me a dashiki, and I didn't. I couldn't pull it off the same way. You know. You don't say. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. Shocker. Me, shocker. I did my best. Um, didn't pull it off the same way. No. Wow. But the. Uh, but, but this is what I'm saying. So, it is true that that we. The, the way that most of us dress at church, is really nothing more than a reflection of our own culture. My, I guess my question is: is well. What do you do when your culture has lost culturally decorum? <laughs> but doesn't that go back to the heart issue too? Oh, for I mean, sure it does. Like, 100%. It's just like when Jesus tells the story of the woman, <laughs> woman that gives what, half half a Darius, and and the other guy that gives like two shekels or whatever. whatever yeah, she yeah, gives yeah. her last thing. The, the focus is not the on the money. It, it's on, on what you're giving. And it's just like some homeless guy walking in with rags. Oh, uh, it, listen, it, it, it like, wasn't about it, what she was giving. Right. It was about the heart. The heart. And, oh, yeah. and I yes. think, I think when you start focusing so much on what you're dressing like in the church, that's where you start going. going I completely wrong. agree. Yeah, it doesn't I agree. It doesn't matter I, if I you have the best in right. the church. It doesn't matter. Absolutely, but here, but this is what I'm trying to. This is what I'm trying to invoke. Uh, we don't have a conversation about it at all. There is no conversation about that whatsoever. Right. And um, and we can look at the historical reasons why we we're, we're in the place that we are. I'm just saying. I watched a video 
that reflected an earlier time in America. And it was like, wow. Well, I think as a culture, we've really lost something. And then I started thinking about, well, what have we lost as a culture? And the church has reflected culture and the way that we handle attire. And, and the essence of my question is like, should we rethink this? Because are we losing something that should not have been lost at all? And I'm not saying we dress up to impress God. That is not biblical or sound. But the priests were, were given a prescribed uh, attire. And we are called priests. Um, my point is that, listen, and this might, like the application of this might, might go no further than, than like, man, you know, I should, um, you know, I should probably actually wear pants mm. to church on Sunday. You take it one step further. Instead of what I literally wore to bed last night. Yeah. Like, what? it can be that simple. Like, I'm not saying we're, we're dressing up and we've got full dresses and we're, we're suits well, and ties. Like, I'm just saying from a heart perspective for each of us. Yeah. It's like, Lord, you know, this is not about me pr- showing anything, proving anything. But this is about, like, what I look like reflecting my attitude. Well, this is, this that is makes our sense. temple. Like, how do you choose to ordain that temple? How do you choose to use what the Lord has given you to go out in public? Like, this body isn't ours. Yeah. It's what's given. Yeah. How do you choose to ordinate it and go out into the public to be a, a temple? How are you going to address it? And, and by the way, wearing a Get Fed Today shirt or <laughs> Dude, an Outlaw Radio absolutely. shirt to church is completely appropriate. Gold bricks in heaven, baby. So absolutely. In, f- in fact, Gold it makes bricks. us a little bit better than you. It's, so. uh, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it says the guy, the guy that has the only one of yeah. that shirt that exists. He's the highest. He's the highest. He's the 12th. Nick, Nick, you're wanting to jump Isn't in. Isn't there a saying that like the, the outward reflects the inward? Yeah. Like is something like that. I don't know if that's a perfect definition of it. But like... So if the outward reflects the inner, like if you're if you're ready, it's Sunday morning, you're ready to go get to Jesus, you're gonna go put on your best because you're you're ready for him. Like your inward is ready, it's feeling its best. It's gonna go worship Jesus. So the outward should kind of fit let that. Me, That's kind of you, a weird. Let me ask you a quick question because I think you're a great example of this. Um, your work is construction. Oh yeah, you're you're a train wreck, nine to five. You've seen me. Yes, <laughs> you know. And, 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 and rightfully so. I mean, like, why, why am I going to wear anything I care about getting messed up? Because I, 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 I'm, I'm not spending $140 on an outfit every I'm single doing week. Tile, I'm it. doing tile and sheetrock, and I'm, 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 I'm a layman. Like, I'm working hard with my hands. Um, and, then, and then you hang out with me a lot. And most of the time, it's sweatpants and, and a comfy T-shirt, yep. a brave shirt. But, like, you dress down 99% of the time. Just in general. Yep. But, and this is my point, on Sunday, you always look you always look fly. Like on Sunday, you so why is that? Why is it that Sunday Nick Monty looks GQ? It's probably because of that. I mean There's something inside. There's something inside, and there's also something inside of me that like when I get dressed up, I start like I was talking about the first date or even going to church. When you get dressed up, when you put on those nice clothes. It actually kind of makes you feel good. Like yeah. you feel good. You have a. It's it's oh my gosh. it's probably a little bit um, selfish and a little bit stuff like that because you're like, I've got it today it. and stuff. But that's it, why it, I wear it, a black shirt. It, it's like but it gets, I'm, I'm gonna it look gets right. you out. It gets you going. Yeah. It gets you in a good mood. Well, that that good mood is gonna get followed by Jesus Christ hitting you in the face, which either can be very good and sometimes it can be very <laughs> bad. But yeah, <laughs> that's beside the point. But and I think that's a personal. I think that's a personal thing. It is a personal reflection to that. Yeah, I just had a I close to recovering memory I've ever had. So oh, I, what so you mumbled recovered through. memory I've ever had. Okay. So surprisingly, I was a nerd in high school. We just had nerd friends. You're a nerd now. So I had a <laughs> uh, really close female friend who, whenever we had a big test coming up, she would come to school dressed to the nines. Um, and her answer was always that she dressed for the attitude she wanted to have. Yep. Yeah. Like she came in for test dressed up About because she business. wanted, she wanted to look it. She wanted to feel it. She wanted to be, yep. it, be it or what whatever. It dress for and success. There's a psychology to it. Yeah. There's yeah. like the, and once again, we can get into the, there are definitely pitfalls there. Yeah. In terms of getting too into the clothing and too into the makeup and too into whatever. Or showing off to other people. That's or not showing even off the to other people. Yeah. yeah. But for her, it was not about that. It was just like, it's a test. 
I'm, I want to do well. I want to look good and looking good is going to help me to be in the right mindset to do well. I think that that, that's a great example. I think that, that is exactly what you're talking about was come to dress for success, whatever success is. Cause I mean, Nick is dressing for success when he dresses in whatever he does for concrete work. Yeah. Just whatever success is. But then, but then he, he, and then there's the but decorum then Sunday when you come is to different. church. Yeah. Cause I you're dressing for, you're dressing to come to God. I think one of the things, okay, so where did it change? This might've been one of the changes. Um, I think a lot of people wearing a suit and tie was common attire every day. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they did. And then it was like, then at church, there was this like, Hey, you can just be you. You can just come as you are. And it was like, Oh, I can get rid of this. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to have this. Cause this isn't me anyway. I just have to wear this and mm-hmm. I wear it all day. So that, so wearing a suit and a tie to church was nothing new. It was the continuation of this facade of who I am anyway. You mm-hmm. could almost say that comfy coats was the decorum of the day. It's the inverse. Yeah. So now we're yeah. like, and this is my point yeah. in the culture. Now it's like, opposite. now it's the opposite. Now it is. And, and should we have at least a conversation to think about something that I don't think when was the last time you ever heard anybody bring up, how we should dress at church. Only when making Sundays, fun of teens. Baby. What? I'm not wearing a tie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, not yeah. at all. Suit Sundays. Well, let me, uh, <coughs> you get any, any online, any, any comments, anything? Um, uh, let me double check. Well, while uh, you're double checking. I haven't checking. anything from YouTube. If you're on YouTube and you left, I am having, I think the comments might be off. YouTube is acting weird. I apologize. <laughs> um, we have, uh, Miss Ann says hello. Hello, Miss Ann. Hi, Miss Ann. Um, a Miss Colette. So up, she, wonders, up, um, <laughs> <laughs> she wonders if those who do dress up for coming to church are made fun of or put down for worshiping God in that way. Um, tell them, which is the you idea do whatever that, you like, would like. Uh, I think oh, what sorry. she's getting at is the idea is like, you know, if somebody comes to 316 with a blazer on, I know I, you're it's a easy. You, you, it's it's a, a bit. That's an easy example. Disconcerting. No, it's an easy example. No, we got two. We got two guys that yep. do. And, uh, and, and one of them in particular um, comes out of a Catholic background and, and it is, it's just, it's kind of the non-negotiable. Like he just, again, getting back to how he feels like he, the, there is a measure of respect and some decorum, but there should be no judgment about him dressing up. Absolutely not. At, at, as long as there's no judgment about others dressing. Like, again, the conversation is like, should we be judging one another? No, not at no. all. It no. shouldn't matter. This is doesn't of the matter heart for the individual. It shouldn't and, matter. And if you're dressing to try to earn something from God or demonstrate you're good enough for Him, wrong reason. That, that that's not the conversation whatsoever. But no, no one should be made fun of, and they should be welcomed and respected. And like that's that's the manifestation of their of their own faith. Um, you can check more of the comments. I want to very quickly close by sharing. I'm good on comments. So you guys. Um, so apparently, um, I don't know if if the audience knows this or if you guys even know it, but my uncle, my uncle Ken, uh, pastors a a massive church south of the airport down in Coweta County. And, um, apparently this Sunday, I haven't watched it yet, but he took a clip of the testimony I gave at the Calvary Chapel Deep South Conference about my story and what happened. Uh, and he shared that clip in his sermon on Sunday um, which probably meant that it was seen by more people than it had ever been seen <laughs> before. Um, because, you know, he's Baptist. And, and, and then he posted it on his Facebook page, and, and, it, and it's gotten a lot of traction from that. But the clip that he showed in particular was the section where I'm talking about Jesus and, and, and the disciples bringing to him the man born blind. And they say, well, was this his sin or the sin of his parents? You know, they want causation. And Jesus says, neither. This happens so that the works of God might be revealed. Mm-hmm. And he heals him. Which sounds great for everybody but the blind guy, because the implications for the blind guy is that he didn't do anything. This had happened to him just so he could get healed, and that's a tough pill to swallow. And following Jesus can be a dangerous thing if you give him if you give him your life. Anyway, I ended up getting. Um, I saw there was a comment on one of the posts uh, on Facebook um, about the guy had just said. Um, thank you so much for this. It corrected my theology, and it needed to be done. Mm. And I I replied to it. I said, I said, how so? Like, I'm curious. And so he private messaged me and and you'll understand why. So I'm not going to mention his name. Um, He says, Zach, uh, 
I felt it was best to private message my answer. I found my dad from suicide when I was 13. At 24, I was beside my mom when improper sheetrock leaned against studs fan back to trap my mom to her death. When my first pastor arrived at the hospital, he told me, quote, because of your sins, your mom died like this. What? She died two days later. I was 24. I'd been taught at my previous church our sins caused sickness and death. Ken Adams befriended me in the gym when I was 19. He invited me for years. It wasn't until six years ago that I finally took the invite. I've learned more in six years of the Bible and Jesus than ever before. Your video testimony is astonishing. I'm reminded of Matthew 7:28 of Jesus' abilities. I'll be praying uh, for your continued strength and encouragement. Um, and I just thought, um, you know, I just thought, wow, um, bad theology, man, is a bad representation of God. Yeah, yes, it is. And, Absolutely. And it, and it hurts people. And it and it, it hurts to hear, dude. Yeah. Like, he's 13 years old. He finds his dad dead um, from suicide, and then he's there when his mom tragically dies, and then. At the hospital, pastor's like, yeah, this is because of your sin. It's it's the man born blind. Yeah. And um, it's insane that people still have that theology. Oh, but but a lot of people do. Yeah. A lot of people do. Health and wealth is, a, is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know. It's because they can do something better. Oh. To better their life around them. It's because they can do something. And it's they, it's they works based. This. Yeah, it's all works. For sure. But I just, again, it was just one of those subtle reminders of like, um, bad theology has bad consequences. Yes, it does. And proper theology provides incredible liberation. Mm. Amen. Because this man needed to know that it was not his fault and that, yeah. that, that God is a God of grace and mercy. Yeah. And, so cool. um, and yeah, and it was just, you know, here so many months after the fact to that's just get crazy. A, to yeah. get a, a message from from so I, I've never met I have no idea who yep. this person is. Oh, that's cool. And um, I thought that that was pretty cool and, and encouraging. So absolutely, yeah. So uh, anything anything you guys got? I'm good. I'm good. <sighs> anything yeah. else? Well, we're about. If you want to hear more of God's word, go to getfedtoday.com. There you Amen. go. Hey, hey man, nice plug. Yeah. Every day. Hey, you stumbled out of the gate, but you come you come in strong here at the end. Too. Trying to redeem myself of, of my mistakes at the beginning. So. There you go. Finish Good strong. You. What was that website again? Uh, getfedtoday.com. Uh, you can find us or find that uh, podcast on <laughs> no. any of the podcasts. You're stumbling uh, at the finish systems line. Systems that you use, whether that be Spotify, Google, or Apple. There you go. And I'm pretty sure you could probably find it on YouTube or something like that. Too. Landed the plane, Justin. There oh, you go, yeah. Spice Daddy Creighton. Thank you for being with me. Always. So you have been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Once again, my name is Zach Adams, a pastor church outside of Athens, Georgia, Calvary 316. If you are listening to this episode of the Outlaw Radio Show um, on our podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, I encourage you to join us Wednesday uh, at 8 p.m. where we live stream the recording of what you're listening to. If you are watching uh, the live stream, check out the podcast. Very easy to share that on your social media networks. Uh, Pass the word. Uh, about the Outlaw Radio Show. You can learn more about the show um, at outlawradio.org, outlawradio.org. Once again, I'm Zach. Hope you join me this time next week. God bless.